0: and uh and just let's just continue it right into basketball season um it looks like we will have kind of we have a, a, a very big announcement coming soon about Nikki Collin and um looks like she'll be a part of the program going into this season and then we had Scott on yesterday so exciting to to get to visit with uh Scott and right now we get to visit with Kevin Longquist from Rivals dot com, and people follow him a lot on his social media on Twitter at Sikkim Sports, and Kevin's always watching Twitter out there, and he's he's kind of bringing us up to date. Kevin, it's uh, it's great to it's great to visit with you today.
1: Always a pleasure. Now I'm up to six followers on my Twitter account, so that's something to be uh, happy about. <laughs>
0: No, many, many thousands of followers, uh, and you can sign up and follow. I follow Kevin over at uh, on his rivals dot com Sikkim sports site, and uh, he's uh, he's all over the place. Now, I, I we'll get into some some Baylor tech talk and and Joey and the whole situation. I had Joey on. Uh, Tuesday, it was great catching up with Joey. You've gotten to know Joey over the years. In fact, sure. you probably crossed paths with him back in the day. You covering high schools like you have and, mm-hmm. and covering recruiting, so you, you know all that. Baylor did, earlier this week, got some really rough news. Uh, Christian uh, Brathwaite, uh, big-time four-star player, uh, decided to decommit from the Bears and go to LSU. Now, you are our resident recruiting expert. Uh, What can you tell us about that situation and how big of a loss is that?
1: Uh, It's pretty significant, Matt. This hurts because the fact that uh, Brathwaite, for starters, he committed to Baylor shortly after their January junior day, which was right around January 28th or something like that. And he had had a really good rapport with the coaching staff. And when you've been committed to a program for 10 months like that, it's usually going to take something extraordinary for someone to pry you away. And that's what happened. I think he went down to the Ole Miss game when LSU was hosting the Rebels last week. And uh, it just kind of uh, mushroomed from there. And this hurts from the standpoint because of the fact that I think that the Baylor football coaches felt like Braffitt was going to be one of their signature guys on their defensive futures. He's one of the signature def- – or was one of the signature defensive guys in this 2023 class and it's hard to make up a loss like this it, it really is there's no way to spin this it's just the reality of this because you know rivals asked me to do a sting factor on a scale of one to ten about losing a guy like this and i put it at a nine and because of the fact that you know this is a guy that they targeted they did a great job on and you know, obviously when you land that kind of commitment early it makes a big difference now the only silver lining, and it's not much of one, is that it does speak to Baylor's recruiting when a Power Five program or a you know upper echelon program like LSU goes in there and takes one of your guys. It doesn't feel very good, of course, but it shows you that your evaluation of players is really spot on, that sort of thing. And so I don't know how Baylor will try and make this up if they will either. There's four options that they have to go with here. Is that one? They can either try and get another high school recruit, but they're not going to get the caliber of kid that they had with Bradley, like I said, or they can go into the JUCO ranks if they want to do that, or they can wait and see what happens with the portal because guys start declaring officially or start entering the portal on December fifth until you got about a ten day window or something like that until the early signing period, or they can just wait and do nothing and just kind of wait until maybe what the when the spring evaluation period, or I should say the spring portal period begins right after uh, spring football to see how they want to address this. But that's kind of their options right now.
0: Mm. I mean, I'm just trying to think through all that and and think what they might be able to do. I guess you could go, take somebody from somebody else you know like you said in the portal and uh i i just uh i hate that because he did seem like a really good player and novicide was somebody that uh was was quite a leader of this class and i'd hoped everything would uh, hold together you never know like you said it could open up uh open up another way by the way who are some of these players for people that uh, you've known a lot of these players for a long time, but we've got some Baylor players on defense that are suddenly making like major contributions. Forty-one Brooks Miller, thirty-five and thirty-six, uh, somebody Marshall. I mean, he. Th- There's some guys that uh, I, we just did not start the season thinking some of these guys were going to uh, maybe play that much of a role, and, and quite honestly, they're playing a big role right now.
1: Yeah, the one thing about the, the kind of nice surprise about it is what Brooks Miller has been able to do. Chris, remember he he got to play against Texas State when Dylan Doyle had that ejection from the targeting penalty, so he was able to play the first half. And I think the one thing about Brooks is that you know he's a guy that was kind of a tweener. He could have been like a strong safety or a small linebackerish, and he's kind of got a he's kind of gotten an opportunity to really kind of work his way into the rotation, if you will. Jackie Marshall, the kid from New Orleans. Uh, the kid I think that they felt all along was going to be able to contribute for them quite a bit. Uh, this was a year that they, I think that they were hoping that he was going to take the next step, and he has. And, and then we can talk about the uh, you know, the Devin, the Devin twins, if you will, Devin Neal and Devin Lemire, who I think yeah. played pr- pretty solid football throughout the course of the season. We, of course, what we haven't seen for, for the defense this year, Matt, is not enough consistent play throughout the whole three levels of this defense, too, which is why they're in the spot that they're in right now.
0: Yeah, they've given up some deep balls, and gotta watch out for that because this is a gunslinger out there in Lubbock. Talking to Kevin Longquist, the celebrated writer from Rivals dot com, my former colleague from the Arlington Morning News days, and he's a guy getting ready for the World Series that gets ready to start up. Oh man, I cannot wait for this, uh, and uh, we'll get uh, we'll get that going uh, as well. Now, Kevin, you were probably still an smu student i was still in high school the last time the bears won in lubbock now part of that is because of course all those years they played in the metroplex but it still has been a long long time um what what's your gut telling you in in this case hard to get a great read on these bears because while that was a bad loss at west virginia it's not like they they went out there and didn't move the ball. They moved the ball right. up and down the field, right. and they had some 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 really bad turnovers. And, and as Joey reminded me, both these teams are minus three in turnover margin, and that's not going to exactly. get it done. Yeah, yeah and that's no. a problem.
1: Uh, for frame of reference, I was a senior. I was in my senior year at SMU the last time Baylor went out there, and so. Um, but, you know, the, the thing about this game, Matt, is, and to Joey's point, is that, you know, obviously both of them have had some turnover issues. And In fact, Tech quarterbacks have thrown 10 interceptions this year. Two of them have been picked sixes, by the way. And I, I think the one thing for Baylor that really con- – a couple of things that concern me about Baylor is the fact – is the turnover. They have eight in the last three games, six coming from Blake Shapin. You just can't have that. From your quarterback, the interceptions may be one thing where you could say, "Well, it was a receiver running the wrong road, or it was a tip, or something like that." But Blake also has two fumbles in in the last two weeks, two between West Virginia and Kansas that have just, you know, just been killers. Of course, one was picked up and run the other way at West Virginia. But the other thing that concerns me about this for this for this team is the fact that when they get on top of somebody fast, they don't put them away. If you think about now, now we thought they had put Kansas away. When they're up 28 to 3 at the half, and then they just kind of stopped. And I kind of felt like, and if you go back to the West Virginia game, when they were up 17 to 7, I remember I tweeted, I said, if they can stop West Virginia here, I think they're going to get a hold of this thing. Of course, West Virginia winds down, winds up kicking a field goal, but then Baylor comes back the other way, and then that's when you get the shape and fumble that's returned the other way, tie game. And so I think that's, that's the concern on that. And then the other thing that really concerns me is, is there going to be any kind of a pass rush that's going to make life uncomfortable, whether it's going to be Baron Morton or it's going to be Donovan Smith or Tyler Show or all three or whatever that's going to look like for the Red Raiders on Saturday? And I personally think that the, that the, the Bears, who don't blitz a lot, are going to have to figure out a way to maybe add more blitzes to the mix because they just can't pin their ears back and go right after them because we've seen through seven games that's not working.
0: No, but i tell you what will not work against Baron Morton is to let him stand back there for a long period of time. Yeah. First of all, the ball comes out quickly, so you're not always going to be able to generate and get home on a pass rush. I mean, this will remind you, you know, Graham Harrell and some of those others that used to get the ball out quickly. Baron Morton is capable of doing that. Now, Joey is saying he's going to play all three quarterbacks. I, I think that's just gamesmanship. Uh, you never know if he he,
1: only, he. he said that last week, and he only played two. And Donovan made maybe played about a series or two, and that was it against West Virginia.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, he's acting like because Shuck lost his job because of an injury, but I think Baron right. Morton is on down the road. Uh, in fact, we got some Billy Joe Tolliver uh, references. <laughs> okay, I, I, thinking back on some of the great tech players of the past but uh yeah. boy joey that's uh joey it, it, you got to know him too uh what a guy and uh i think he is uh, extremely grateful of both matt rule and dave aranda but especially rule uh for hiring him when he did and i asked him where he would be if matt rule hadn't made that hire and and his thought was he would be somewhere in college but would not be the head coach at Texas Tech. There would be no way that would have happened without Matt Rule. Um I, I just think Joey is such a success story for high school football in this state that it's a it's a pretty neat deal. In fact I bet our buddy out in Alito every once in a while wonders, hey, I wonder if I could have I wonder if I could have been a head college coach, and the truth is, maybe so. But that, but he obviously, and Coach Buck, I'm talking about at yeah, Alito, uh, Tim Buchanan, is uh, he decided, hey, high school's where I need to be. But it, I, I just think high school coaches take tremendous pride in what Joey's doing, and then what our what our guy is doing at uh, UTSA.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you think about, you know, cuz I've known Joe for oh gosh, I don't know, Matt, maybe 20 years or so or something like that when he was at Cedar Hill and uh great to talk to you about anything issue-wise regardless of just the state of football itself but when he was well I think he was the president of the Texas High School Coaches Association, but yeah. You know, he was very direct about a lot of things and you know, I, to his point, I think if Joey had been in college, I think he probably would have been the head coach of a G5 school. Maybe a UTSA or maybe, you know, uh, a Tulsa or something like that. And, and which would have been fine, of course. He would have had his opportunity. But I think given the fact that he had such great learning under Matt for his four and a half years, well, between Matt and Dave, of course, at, at Baylor. And of course, he interviewed for the Baylor job when Matt left for the uh, Carolina job. But I think uh, that kind of reputation kind of preceded Joey. And the fact that he's got that you know, bubbly personality, but yet, you know, it's cheerleading, it's raw, raw, but at the same time, he knows what he's doing. And I think from some people out there, a the lot that I've talked to is that they feel like the program has moved faster under him this year than I think even they thought it was going to. It doesn't mean they're going to go to bowl. they got to, they still got to get two more wins, but I think just the way that they're playing kind of shows you that. And the one thing that you can see about Tech this year is the fact that their defense is better because... No, when you when you think of tech, you think offense is always going to be great and defense yeah. is going to be well, whatever. But they're but they're third in the conference in total defense right now.
0: Yeah. Going out there to the plains, they do play there are some uh, analytics that do some nice things for them on defense. But again, they're not getting that take three thing that Joey always talked about. They have not mm-hmm. been getting the takeaways that they need, and that's what the Bears need to do. Kevin, always fun. I mean, last week I, I was asking myself last week what, something doesn't feel right, and, and uh, I'm just not <laughs> feeling that well. And it turns out it was because I didn't have you on last week. So great to great to have you back on. All right.
1: I thought that was the bowl of chili you ate, but anyway, that's okay. <laughs> anyway, man, always a pleasure, Matt. Good to talk with you again. Okay.
0: All right, all right, Kevin. There he goes, Kevin Longquist.